Welcome to PR360, a weekly interview podcast dedicated to talking about the important topics within the public relations technology industry, hosted by Brett Deister and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find out more information at globalresultspr.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Deister. About this podcast is we talk to the best experts in the PR tech industry. And I'm here with Kim Anson, who has been in work for Verizon's corporate communications for over 20 years in supporting its editorial media and analyst relations effort. And she loves tech like all of us do. And she loves sharing great stories about their employees, customers, and business partners. She's a wonderful and great PR person to be interviewing. So welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you, Brett. I'm glad to be here. And so your first question is going to be, are you a coffee or tea drinker? It's really important to me because I love my coffee. I am a recent coffee drinker and embarrassed a little bit to say I was previously mostly a Coca-Cola drinker. Ah, yes, Coca-Cola. It's the other other caffeine drink that we don't really like, but we kind of do like at the same time. Right. And so another thing, since you work with Verizon in the phone industry, are you an iPhone or Android user? I personally am an Android user, but equal opportunity, most of my family are iPhone users. Oh, yes. I work in everything, but I am too mostly an Android user myself. So what, what does your typical day look like for you in the morning? What do you typically do when you start to go into the office? What does it look like for you? I would say the best part of my day is that it's never typical. It's always different. I start my day by looking at the headlines, seeing what's in the news today, what's happened since I went to bed the night before. So much can change and happen in a heartbeat. So the first thing I do is check my email, check the headlines, go see the morning summaries and take it from there. I have a rather long commute. So listen to either books on tape or audio podcasts, head into the office, and it's usually full steam ahead from the moment you walk in the door. And so speaking on Verizon, they are in the forefront of 5G and 5G has been talked about everywhere. I've seen ads for it everywhere. So how do you communicate with people that just don't really understand or the messaging and how to shape the perception that you have the best 5G? So I, I think that's a really great question. I think a lot of people are looking at 5G as just another G, right? And I've been around for all the Gs. I think the difference in 5G compared to, say, 3G or 4G is the 5G really is going to be able to change the way we live, work, and play. I think 4G, with the advent of 4G, kind of looking back and having that retrospect, we realize just how many things changed as a result of that that we didn't anticipate. We know how different this new technology is going to be. It's really going to be transformative. The best way that we can do that right now, I think, is by giving people glimpses into the future, seeing what kind of use cases we have in place today, because we do have some use cases in place today. We have 5G labs. We take the media there for uh, visits. They're incubators for 5G technology. They get to see in real time, in real life, some of the things that are being developed on the AR front and the VR front and the AI front. As I said, I, I just think the more people can touch in fields, the better they understand it. And we try to give them the opportunity to do that whenever possible. Is there like any initiatives where you help with, let's say, non-tech people to understand this? Because I'm pretty sure the laymen are like, okay, it's, it's another G. It's better than four. So five must be better, but they don't really understand or maybe sometimes not care because it's just 
better in their mind? How do you convey that message that this is something revolutionary? So again, I think we're in the very early stages as far as laymen or the consumers that have 5G mobile devices are able to kind of see what that speed looks like in their palm of their hands when they do a speed test or they realize how quickly they can download content or upload content. At the moment, I think with 5G, we're going to see more of that tangible evidence on the B2B front before the consumer front. So at the moment, it's just really kind of getting people up to speed what 5G may look like. I think that's going to really be fully in the marketplace more in 2020. Yeah. So how do you communicate with at least B2B for your early adapters? How do you get them to be on board with the 5G protocols and how do you get them to sign off on that? It's been a long process. I mean, that just this past week, we announced a deal with AWS. Again, 5G is a very new technology really is not in a lot of use cases to apply this to quite yet. I think you'll see a lot of changes in the gaming industry as a result of this. You'll see a lot of changes in the transportation, in manufacturing, possibly healthcare, retail. That's where we're starting to see some of this. And that's more in our 5G labs where people can actually kind of touch and feel if that's helpful. This is really, really new for people. So we are in the, the early phases of the learning process for both our business customers as well as our consumer customers. Well, you already got me excited because I do a podcast on PC gaming. So you said gaming. So that already tickled my fancy a little bit. I think that in that industry, where would you think 5G would be the best thing for that? As I said, in the gaming industry, I think it's going to be really transformative in terms of with the low latency and, and how that's going to improve the experience for gamers in general. Nice. And how do you get people excited about it? Do you use more social media content? Do you use more traditional ad campaigns, do you use more public relation, press releases, or use a combination of everything? How do you get people like really excited for 5G? It's absolutely a combination. I think as far as press releases are concerned, that's always great for just as kind of a place for people to kind of get the facts. But as I said, I think it's really the kind of the hands-on that really gets those early adapters excited to be able to see the potential use cases in play, be able to see a device and demonstrate the speed tests. We do a lot of one-on-ones. We open up our 5G labs and we bring the media into those labs so that they can see the different use cases and some of the things that are being developed. We talk about, obviously, getting the message out on social media as we turn on more and more cities, as we turn on more and more stadiums where this will be available, when we announce new partnerships. So it's definitely a 360 approach to discussing this to all our audiences. What do you find is the most benefit or the best content to actually convey this? Do you think video is more? Do you think the one-on-ones where you just bring the press in is more of it? Which one do you think you're getting the most traction for the 5G awareness? I would absolutely say video. It's very easy to consume. Obviously, you can hit a larger mass audience with video. It's something that people can visualize and it tells a story in a very easy to understand way. Video, I would say, is, is a primary form for us to go through in telling those stories and bringing that story to life. Specifically, how do you see pushing the content for 2020? Do you see more video? Do you see more live? Do you actually see kind of tests in VR? Because VR is still relatively new in the new technology sphere, even though it's been around for a while. Where do you see the content going in 2020 for Verizon? So we use a number of different channels and platforms our video out on. We have presence on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook in some instances. We have our own content on our website. 
We take advantage of our SEO. We make sure that we optimize that. So when people are looking for the content, our content rises to the top. They have good, easy access to that content. And then it's a distribution strategy. It's where is the best way to kind of push that out? How is it being consumed? Do you target specific audiences? How do you put your kind of distribution dollars behind that? Or do you put nano paid behind content that you produce for different mediums? It's a variety. It certainly is not, you know, one approach for anything. And I think that's kind of the key to PR in general for regardless of what industry you're in. Very true. And what types of tools do you use to actually monitor your PR efforts? Do you have a favorite tool that you like, or do you just use a multitude of different ones? You don't really have a favorite. Again, you have to pull that information, I think, from a variety of sources. We certainly look at like our own and operated content. We use Adobe Analytics for that. We have a close partner that we work with that does social monitoring, listening for us, that keeps track of where the conversations are taking place, what channels, where things are resonating. We monitor our direct platforms and channels ourselves, and we keep an eye on that to see what kind of is rising to the top, what's gaining traction, what's trending. Again, no one size fits all these days, that's for sure. All right, let's talk about influencer marketing. Are you guys actually doing efforts to use influencer marketing to get the word out about 5G or any of your other Verizon initiatives at all? So at the moment, we use influencer marketing in a variety of ways, have used influencer marketing in getting our messages out, whether it be through different kind of like sponsorship and event opportunities. We certainly use influencer marketing in telling our Verizon up story. As far as 5G is concerned, again, we're still at the advent of that. We haven't deployed a lot of influencers on that front that I'm aware of. We tend to use more kind of micro-influencers in telling the PR story. Oh, that was actually my next question is, are you going to be using different tiers like niche and the new buzzword is nano-influencers, but looks like you are at least attempting to use some of those types of different influencers. Am I correct? We have, yes. We, we've, we've used those in the past, and I expect that we'll use them to a certain degree in the future. We also use nano-paid when it comes to social marketing as a way to kind of reach specific audiences. Now, speaking of kind of content, a little bit influencers, what about podcasts? Now, I made a little bias because I am a podcaster myself. Have you guys been looking into doing your own or partnering with other podcasters to get the initiatives out at all? So we do. We actually have a podcast called Up to Speed, where we've produced content on that in the past. That's been more of an internal focused effort, though we have brought in external guests to appear on that. And we push those, again, distributed that externally as well. We've worked with different smaller podcasts, again, more specific, I would say things like women in tech or podcasts that have been targeted specifically to, say, developers or CIO or CTO audiences, not on a grand scale, but we have used podcasts, yes. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you have a favorite podcast? I do listen to podcasts. Do I have a favorite? No, I can tell you, not that I can think of offhand. My kids certainly listen to podcasts on the regular. It's interesting. I think podcasts were like really big and then they kind of went quiet and they're certainly making a resurgence again. And I know, as I said, I have kids who are older and uh, they listen to podcasts all the time. All right. And what do you think are some important skills or even personality traits for people wanting to get into the PR tech industry from your point of view? So I think beyond the basic, you need to be a good writer. You need to have time management because you're working on deadline all the time. Things are constantly changing and shifting. Priorities are changing and shifting. I would say flexibility is probably one of the most important skill sets to have at this point. Open and receptive to change. 
and learning. It's so fascinating how quickly things change. I can't think of a better quote these days than the, the Graham Wood quote when he talks about change has never happened this fast before and it will never be this slow again. I think that's especially true for PR. I think that's especially true for technology. And it just makes things very, very exciting. So being flexible, being open, being willing to learn and turning on a dime at a moment's notice. Yeah. And do you have any advice for people wanting to get into this industry? Maybe there's a lot of women or guys wanting to get into the tech PR industry. Do you have any type of advice for them to bust into this scene? So again, I think you really got to build those fundamentals. You want to really be a good writer. You want to have presentation skills. You want to be able to be a people person to a certain extent. I think people sometimes confuse PR with, say, publicity or event planning. PR is really about learning your subject, knowing who your audience is. And when I say audience for PR, that's your media audience. Who are your reporters? Who's covering your beat? Who's going to help you get that message out to a mass audience? I think that's a really, really important skill set. I think follow-up and being detail-oriented is also an important skill set for PR. But as I said, I think the most important thing is really being willing to learn and adapt and change and be flexible. So I would say networking is obviously a huge benefit. The more people you get to know and, and be able to expand that network is critical. And for the tech telecom communication side, what are you looking most forward to in the future? Are you looking most forward to better connectivity or what is your like thing that gets you excited about this industry? As I said, I've been around for all the G's and I am really excited to be with Verizon at this moment in time. I really feel like this is the beginning of something huge. And having been around for quite a bit of time, I do feel like this is one of the most exciting times to be in tech and to be at Verizon. There's just so much possibility. And I think so much that we haven't even begun to imagine that that can occur in the next one to five years. Nice. And any final thoughts for our listeners? Any final thoughts that you would like to convey? Again, just thinking again, how this is your podcast is geared towards PR professionals. And I would say one of the things that I've always loved about being in communications front is just the bird's eye view that you get of the entire business and the entire industry. It's never the same. It's always different. And that's something that I've always really enjoyed and that I continue to enjoy. You're always learning. I just hope everybody gets the opportunity to enjoy what they do as much as I do. Yes, that's always the important thing. Well, thank you, Kim, for sharing your thoughts about Verizon 5G and just public relations in the telecom industry. Thank you, Brett. All right. And that is the end of this episode. Thank you for tuning in. And please, as always, subscribe and leave a review for PR360 at all your major podcasting directories. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio. We're on all of those. And... Join us next week when we go and talk to more industry experts in the PR tech industry. I'm your host, Brett Dicer, and have a good day, good week. See you next week. Later.